Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. You're listening to an episode of The Host Show. I am your host, Jasper Rivers, and we release a new episode of this show every single Monday. And in these episodes, I interview Airbnb hosts from all around the world to share their stories and provide tips and tricks on how to get started and be successful as an Airbnb host. Now, this episode is brought to you by Legends X, our 90-day short-term rental accelerator program that's designed to help you skill your hosting business by getting yourself out of the daily operations. So that frees up your time so you can become the CEO of your business instead of the manager and really focus on those higher level tasks that move the needle and allow you to grow. So for more information about Legends X and how to join, visit strlegends.com X. Now let's dive into today's episode. Enjoy the show. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pet. Today I am joined by Jason Sterner. He's the CEO of Southern Homestay and he manages over 30 units in Georgia and Florida. And today we are going to talk about Airbnb account management. Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Jasper. Tell us a little bit about your business before we dive into this topic. Yeah. So we started our business in November of 2017 and really was, we got into real estate for about a year, other real estate dealings and really only have been doing short-term rentals in our business about four of those five years. But we started out by renting out our own property because I had to go back home to visit my parents. And I convinced my wife, hey, this should be a good idea. And so we listed our property on Airbnb. And in 24 hours, we got nine of the 10 days booked to go home. And so we were convinced this is a pretty interesting model. Maybe we ought to continue it. So after that, we had uh, started networking around the Atlanta area and uh, joined some uh, real estate clubs and, and just uh, started making connections around the area and slowly started just asking people questions about their own real estate business. What kind of pain points were they having? What bottlenecks were they having? And slowly, we could solve a lot of long-term rental issues by helping them make more money in the short-term industry, and they were doing less. So it was a win-win for both of us. So fast forward to today, and we have, I think, 32 rentals right now. We have another six in the queue and you know, about $20, $22 million of, of property by the end of the summer. Wow. So you, the homes that you manage, are, they're, they're pretty expensive. Yeah. So we uh, are kind of our guest avatar is bigger families. So we do all single family residents. We have maybe two townhouses. Most of them will sleep anywhere from six to eight people up to 15, 17. Actually, the largest one we have in the portfolio is 21 right now. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a big house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about the account management. And just to give some background to the listeners, you know, something that a lot of a lot of hosts struggle with as as they're adding more listings to the portfolio is do we keep everything in one Airbnb account? So all the listings in one account, 
Or are we going to create like a separate Airbnb account for each listing that we're adding? Or are we going for like a like a hybrid where, for example, you add like a, an Airbnb account for each like five listings or something? So one Airbnb account, five. So if you're up to like 25, you would have five Airbnb accounts, right? That's a that's an important decision that you have to make. And Jason, you've you've chosen to create a new account for each listing, correct? Yeah. So we we kind of in our whole portfolio, we have 14 Airbnb accounts currently. So we kind of take it per investor and per situation, if you will. So I'll kind of walk through walk you through the timeline of what we've done there. So so we started out kind of with the methodology of, and if I didn't mention it, all of the homes that we manage, we we're solely property management at this point. We are looking to actively buy in the marketplace and and take on the ownership model, but we don't do any rental arbitrage. It's all management at this point. So when we started the business, kind of one of our ends with investors was you will have an asset. If you decide to sell this property someday, you will have a a standalone asset that you can then go ahead and sell it and market it and still have an Airbnb account that will have great reviews and you'll be able to pass that on to the next homeowner. At the time, we had a bunch of people that were had a bunch of homes in their portfolio and they really loved that idea because some of them were looking to try it out, but they may wanted to grow it and appreciate it and then sell it. And so we thought, well, this was a good idea. It won't be attached to us. We won't have any conflicts with them at the end. It'll be a seamless situation. So we did that for like the first maybe 10 homes. And then a couple of things we were running into, well, as we were gaining other homes, we weren't running our own home a lot. And so what happened was, is we had our super host status on our own account was dropping because we didn't have enough stays. And so we were making everybody else look like all stars, but we were doing all the work and it wasn't on our account. And so we decided, hey, we're going to start putting all, most of these homes when it, when it seems relevant. And we changed it in our hosting agreement that we have with all of our investors that, hey, we're going to, we put it in our portfolio. We're going to collect all of the cash flow, which was a great move for us because the the cash flow in terms of being able to, you know, get loans and mortgages and other things for homes in the future, they they just look at, you know, that cash flow position. So if if you're looking, if your model is to grow a business, even in property management, and you get to a point where you want to be able to do that in terms of showing cash flow and and all of those other things, I recommend, you know, having one account that you can grow. And that has helped us to really streamline our own business processes as we continue to grow. Now, if if it's somebody that says, I'm going to buy a house and I might only have four or five and they're in different unique positions that I might want to sell them. The market in the last two years, what we have seen is, those Airbnb accounts or VRBO accounts have become a real asset to selling and proof of this really performs as a short-term rental. And so if that's the mindset going into the purchase of a house, or that's the mindset for the investor you're working with, it is good to have it separately. So for instance, we, we don't really do separate accounts anymore. At least we, we've kind of taken on the position 
that we're going to put maybe 15 or 20 into an account so that we're not vulnerable with everything in one account, but we're also not managing, you know, every single account by itself. But one, one, for instance, that we went back, kind of reverted back to an individual account. We, we joined up with our largest house that we do now that sleeps 21. It's a seven bedroom, seven and a half bath farmhouse. And the investor has not only that house, but they have two other homes on their ranch. So they eventually want all three homes to be Airbnbs and they already have a recognizable brand in the area. So we agreed with them that we would start it up, we'll manage it. As we add other homes, we're gonna also add those to their portfolio. And so if they ever someday decide to sell that asset or that farm, it will be a huge asset to them rather than trying to accumulate all of these reviews and everything else and create them turmoil, you know, down the road and they'd have to start all over and it really mm-hmm. wouldn't be a huge asset to them. Interesting. So are your, the, the homes that you manage, are they mostly, are they mostly owned by investors? They are. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're mostly, yeah. mostly investor owned. Yeah. So that may, so that makes sense. So just to kind of summarize, so you got, you got a different Airbnb account for most of, most of your, your homes. That's part of your pitch, I guess, right? To the investors is. is saying like, hey, we're, we'll build up your Airbnb account and then you have a very competitive, like sellable asset. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it kind of goes back to one of our core values as a company is relationships over revenue. So we do that strictly because we want long-term relationships. Almost every home we have in our portfolio has come by word of mouth. We don't do any advertising. And so that has been huge in lifting the foundation of our company and building our rapport in the community, in the local area. And, and we even, you know, have turned away homes that are too far or they, they just aren't a win. We've done, you know, an Airbnb report, just like in Legends X, you know, that we've gone through with you guys and love the idea of, you know, just giving a financial report, a projected financial report to an investor so they can make the best decision on some houses. We've had some investors that they don't buy houses because they take our advice on, hey, this isn't a good one, but take that money and deploy it somewhere else. And let's look at another house and put them in a position where we both are making, you know, a good return on our investment. Sure. Let's dive in a little bit more of like the management of all these multiple accounts. So when you start working with a new owner, you create that Airbnb accounts, you are in control of it, right? You collect the cash flow and everything. Correct. Yep. And then yeah. I'm curious, like, because you have your brands, right? Southern, Southern Homestay. Yep. So how, what's the name on the account? Yeah. So, so we will set up each now, as of right now, we are setting them all up under our, our portfolio, basically having our, it's a picture of my wife and I, cause we both own the business and it speaks to who we are as a family, but then who we are as a company. So we, we kind of speak to both of those because we feel like when we want to stay at an Airbnb, we don't like staying with big corporations or big companies. And, you know, there's, there's a lot out there and we've not had good experiences with them. For the most part, we love the personal touch of people, even if we don't meet them, but we love the warmth and the Jasper, you even talk about this in legends X about having a, a, a good picture, right. And a smiling face and not just your, your criminal look, you know, <laughs> of, <laughs> you know what it looks like. So 
you know, I want to be personable. I want them to feel like even if we have a lot of homes in a portfolio, they still get that family touch because that is our guest avatar is kind of serving families and serving multi-generational families. So I want them to feel that from us all the way through. So do you have that same picture on all the different accounts? Yeah. So the accounts that we had started individually on those, we have the investor account as kind of the admin person. And then we are the co-host, but we are the, Ah, the person that they see, you know, as the preferred messenger, as the preferred person on the account. Even if we have somebody else that's messaging on our team for us, they're messaging kind of through that account. So all of those, I guess it would probably be 11, 11 of those accounts or 12 of those accounts are individual. And so each of them would have the owner's uh, information. We set up a, a separate Google Gmail account for all of the emails to dump into so that they have access to that so they can see it, look at it. So it's autonomous. It's set up. It's, it's almost kitted for them to give away if they want to. And so everything is all about them except the pertinent information. So the contact information is our company contact information. It doesn't go to the investor. The profile picture or the person they're messaging is us and everything is directed to us. They are basically autonomous. They they don't ever get email, calls, texts, you know, whatever else. So if I were to look at any of those accounts, it would say in the about section, it would say, hi, I'm, I'm Jason and the name of your, your wife. Yeah. Summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all yeah. those accounts would be like Jason and Summer would have your, the information of your company, but on the back end, they're all no different names. Correct. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. That's a really interesting system. And then your, your main account, you're adding yourself as a co-host on all of those accounts, you can, you know, control those accounts and, and do all the messaging and whatnot. Yep. Yeah. The other, you know, the other hidden benefit, if you're going to go that route and that method is, you know, Airbnb rewards you for, you know, suggesting somebody else to sign up an account. And so early on, we literally would make thousands of dollars a year in just referral fees from mm-hmm. Airbnb by referring we're doing all the work internally, but referring a host or another investor, they set up their own account, you know, and so there was some kickback, you know, there as well. So that was, that was good to start, but then structurally, you know, as we built the company and we got a little more complex, we also had to figure out how do we streamline all of these accounts so that we can keep track of claims. We can keep track of, you know, getting into them quickly, pulling owner reports and stuff like that. So we have internally created a one page sheet that has all of the Airbnb account information, the login, the email and all of that. And so that has been helpful. We also use things like Trello and some other, you know, information aggregate accounts that we can, we can pull up an app on our phone. Everybody who needs it has access to it. And they can pull up those, the information about the owner, you know, anything about the house, anything about how to get in, how to get into the accounts if, if somebody needs to get into those. So that is, you know, as you scale, as you know best, it is super important to, to stay organized, as organized as you can, you know, if you're going to take that approach. But yeah, 
So let's talk more about like the pros and the cons. You mentioned you mentioned some of the some of the pros. Like number one is it, it will help you add more customers, right? Because like it's a you're offering them the ability to, you know, to have access to their own account and use that to sell their asset in the future. The other the other pro is it's also well, what you mentioned. You get the you get the fees, the referral fees. Yeah. Number three. Um, it reduces your risk significantly, correct? Yes. Because yeah. if because that's the biggest that's the biggest concern that people have, like managing everything in one account is, you know, mm-hmm. God forbid if that account ever cl- gets delisted because you, you know, unwittingly did something wrong, something that is against the Airbnb terms, then yeah. that's a that's a major <laughs> that's a major risk, right? So I think those those I guess those three are the major pros, right? Yeah, for sure. And I, and I will say, you know, to that last one, you know, the the fear of hey, my account may be frozen or something else. We had one account and I I guess tried to cancel last minute and they didn't have a good if they have a good reason if it's covid, death in the family or something, we usually give a full refund. We don't have a problem with that. But if it's hey, I just don't like the place or my mind changed or I'm going somewhere else, well, you took up my weekend, I probably may, you know, high percentage, I may not get a last minute booking. And so we don't always give everything back. Well, this, this person was really frustrated. They left us a bad review, Airbnb sided with them and shut the account down for five days. Well, so a couple learnings there. One, we also have it on VRBO. We also have a direct booking site. And so when that got canceled and we were froze on Airbnb for five days, it was only isolated to that one account. The rest of the portfolio was doing just fine. There was no issues with it. Secondarily, we got a last minute booking on VRBO that actually took over the weekend and went into the next week. It was actually a better booking than the original booking. So the diversity of that and the isolation of just being able to kind of control and not be exposed to, hey, if our whole account was, you know, 32 homes were on one account, we would have been shut down for five days on Airbnb, one hand tied behind our back. And now we only have VRBO and our own website, you know, kind of thing to respond with or to communicate mm-hmm. and try to get booking. So yeah, yeah, that was helpful. Yeah. That, because it saves a lot of stress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. you know, here's the other thing. I think the fear of people doing multiple accounts, especially in the management model is, you know, I'm doing all the work and I'm giving away, you know, kind of my intellectual property to them, which I totally get. And you, you know, we've even considered, do we, do we put as part of our agreement, Hey, if you end up selling this, we get X amount of whatever we've helped you grow, which is totally appropriate. I love that model. But then there's, there's the other side of, I, I take the approach that if I help an investor easily get involved with me and easily get out if they don't like what's happening or the market changed or their house needs to sell or whatever it is, they remember that and they will come back to me. And it's happened probably half a dozen times where for whatever reason, an investor's sold a house because he didn't like the area or he was done you know, with whatever they needed to pull those assets and put them somewhere else. They, they'd sell it go put it into another house and then they'd come back to us to have that have us run that house and oftentimes they've upgraded to a better house and so that has happened as well and so you know when you look at the mindset of going i don't i don't want to give away 
these assets, I guess what we play into is the relationship side of things. I want that long-term relationship because it, it takes a little while to, you know, dance with an investor, right? It takes a little bit to get to know them and understand them. And, and some are great and some are not so good. And, you know, so, you know, we, we have a clause in our hosting agreement as well that you can, you know, either they can or we can get in or out of the contract within, within 30 days if we need to. Because if it's not working for either of us and it's not a win-win, we don't want to put anybody through some kind of turmoil. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And I bet the way that you set it up is it's very, it's very attractive for attractive for investors to start working with you. But also mm-hmm. I imagine that you'll probably get a decent amount of referrals too. We do. Yeah. In fact, so that that's also kind of a, a fun thing for our company. You know, we, especially since we've gone through the Legends X training, we have zeroed in. We used to do just about any kind of avatar. We'd do little townhouses, condos, all the way up to really big houses. And it was becoming complex. And so now that we're zeroed in, we now know exactly what we want to do and exactly what we don't want to do, which has been super empowering for us. So we also have a coaching and consulting side of our business where we help people kind of learn and do around Atlanta what we what we do ourselves. And so when we have students come through our, our coaching classes, a lot of times they're overwhelmed. They don't know how to get started. But we oftentimes have homes that we can provide to them or investors that we can hook them up with, you know, a hot lead because, hey, we're, we're not interested in this house or doing this, but this would be great for your portfolio, the people you're passionate about serving. And so that really has been fun as well to be able to jumpstart your own students with, you know, providing them homes right out of the gate, just Mm -hmm. out of our own, you know, funnel of people. Yeah. Yeah. What I really like about your model is like, you're coming from a place of how can we add as much value as possible and invest in, you know, long-term relationships versus coming from a place of fear where it's like, oh, if I'm going to manage this person's home, like I got to like protect myself and like make sure that, you know, if that person leaves that I'm, I'm left with something. So I think that's great. And I think that's, that's probably attracting a lot of people into, into your business, right? Yeah. Because you're coming from that place. Like people can tell. Yeah. Yeah. It feels good too for people that work with us and for us, you know, outside of the investment level of, you know, hey, here's how we want to, we, we truly see it as a hospitality. We've had hospitality in our veins for 80, 90 years. My 96-year-old grandma just passed away and we talked about at her celebration of life service how she has served people most of her life in various capacities. But, you know, we, we've really approached it, the real estate industry, you can Certainly you want to be profitable and and you need to make money. But instead of going, I'm just looking at the dollars and cents, I want to look at how do I add that value component? How do I take care of people and how do I take care of investors? What is that balance? And you know, there we are as we grow our, our portfolio, constantly looking at, you know, it adds complexity to try and serve everybody in the way they they want to be served. And so you have to also balance out what's most efficient for us as well. And so sometimes we may have to make those hard decisions, but mm-hmm. um, as long as we can, we want to, we want to try to make it a win for everybody involved. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. And I love that core value relationship over revenue. Is, is that something that you already had in your business or is it something you developed through the Legends X course? 
We developed it through Legends X. Yeah, we we coming into the program, we were mulling over some core values that we had and wanted. And but going through the course really helped us focus on getting that part of our business to the finish line. It really has driven what we do now going forward. It's just given us a much clearer vision of people that we want to serve, the things that we want to do, and how to refine that, continue to refine it. That's awesome. So I want to talk a little bit about the the cons, the disadvantages of of having these multiple accounts. And the first thing that comes to my mind is just the complexity, the, the management, right? If you have everything in one account, like pooling reports and and also like connecting, how do you connect to your PMS? Because you can't connect it for your co-hosting account, right? You have to connect all yeah. these different accounts to your to your PMS, I imagine. Correct. Yeah. So we currently are using Guesty and and we are all of those accounts are are connected. Now, when we brought all of those accounts over to VRBO, those all we dumped into one account. So on VRBO, mm-hmm. we dumped them all into one account and then connected that account. So that's been that's been helpful on that side of things. But yeah, on you know, with having that many there are definitely some cons. You know, I would say, you know, putting in a claim on Airbnb, a resolution claim or anything like that is difficult because you have to log into that account, put in the claim. You have to kind of monitor that email as they respond to you and their support messages will come through. But if they're emailing us any kind of, hey, I need more documentation, I need something else, I need a receipt for this, we have to monitor those individual emails, which the more you get, the more, you know, hopefully we, we don't do a lot of Airbnb claims, but they seem to come in waves, right? So, you know, you, you don't have any for a while and then you'll have five in one weekend because of, you know, whatever situation. We just had a heat wave through Atlanta, you know, so we had a bunch of refunds because of AC units that they weren't keeping up. It just was a hard, hard thing to keep up. So we had some refunds and we had some other things, but, you know, it wasn't terrible, but yeah, that, that would be one. The other is reports. Like you mentioned, we do need to, it is a little tedious to go into each one, pull those reports, get them kind of, you know, combined with the VRBO reports. And then it definitely takes us a little more time. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I imagine also, I mean, mo- most of the, most of the management you can control through, through Guesty for your PMS, right? right? When it comes to like, you know, adding new different photos to the listings and whatnot, but there's yeah. also, I think there's also some things that you actually have to log into the Airbnb account where you can like, you know, you can, you can use different settings and, and just like, you know, how they have like these, these recommendations that pop up, right? right. It's like, Hey, did yeah. you describe what your TV looks like and things like that? So I imagine you still have to log into your, the, all the separate accounts every, every now and then to like, you know, yep. put in those, those settings, correct? Yeah, minimally, you know, we're in we're in to pull reports at least once a month, but we try to get in there at least one other time. If we do it twice a month, to just look for those recommendations, to look for, you know, they when they added the pet fee in Airbnb, you know, we had to go into each account, disconnect it from Guesty, put those in there and then connect it again, which that's not hard, you know, after you've done it a couple of times. And we've certainly learned through Legends X about the ease of doing loom videos and things like that, which is, you know, is super helpful. And so, you know, just 
you know, creating a new process, you know, how do we do that? And then how do we replicate it across yeah. the board? Just part of the challenge. And and who manages that? Is that some, do you have a team member who, who, do, who supports you in that? So right now I am managing the majority of it just because it's that piece of it, because it's so complex, but we are currently looking to hire a VA and a guest messaging person that will join our team. And then we'll probably have them kind of combine efforts in, you know, being able to manage aspects of that. Yeah. yeah makes sense. And I'm, you know, um, as you, you know, too, as you add team members, they probably will do it better than me. You know, they'll figure out other ways. Wow. Why is he doing that? This seems clunky or, or, you know, backwards or, so I'm excited, you know, that they'll look at that and go, Hey, Jason, here's a, here's a A to Z process that we should enhance. And yeah. um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, we're we're experiencing that as well with our virtual assistant too, because like when we do things, like we don't have a lot of time. We're focused on other things, so we just kind of do something quickly or just do it, and then the the virtual assistant actually has the time to really focus on it and think about like, hey, what's you know what's what's a better way to do this? So, are, are there any other disadvantages of of the setup that you're using? I can't think of any. I think just like anything, you know. No matter which direction you choose to go in this business, there's always going to be challenges and hurdles. And uh, it's kind of like one investor asked me, you know, how do we mitigate, you know, any issues at my house? And I usually tell them it's not that we're going to mitigate issues. It's how do we respond to them when they happen? Because when you have a volume of homes, it's inevitable something's going to happen, whether it's small or whether it's, you know, a larger occurrence. We've been very fortunate in four and a half years to have maybe, you know, enough significant issues that we can count on, on one hand or less, you know, that, that we've, you know, had to mitigate. But so as those challenges grow in your business, I, I do love the property management model in terms of when we came through COVID, that was a huge win for us because mm-hmm. what we did was instead of freaking out and going, I'm not making enough cash flow to take care of rental arbitrage payments or whatever else. We were not stressed by that. We were able to fill a lot of our houses with, so we have a good number of our houses, especially around Metro Atlanta, that are corporate rentals as well. And so we would be able to fill them with corporate rentals or people, claims adjuster companies that we work with, that people had water, fire, damage, whatever in their house. So we still, through the pandemic, had 70% occupancy when they shut down the state of Georgia for six, eight weeks, which was phenomenal for us because we, we just thought, okay, all of our bookings are going away. What, you know, what's going to happen? But we took a deep breath and we leaned in and just knew that, you know what, this is, there's going to be pent up demand. Once people are at home, they're going to want to get out after this happens, no matter how long it happens. And sure enough, we, we all experienced, I think, worldwide this surge last summer or the last two summers of, you know, guests doing that. So in the property management model that we had a lot of friends in the rental arbitrage model and even some owners that, you know, they had to sell some homes because they were struggling. But, you know, our investors, I told them, I said, look, I will even lower my rate, you know, my, my compensation through that time if we just get through this together, how do we get through this together? You know, and so we we worked at it as a team approach and not as a, will you owe me this or I owe you this? And 
I think through the whole pandemic, we lost maybe one house. So oh wow, that was uh, yeah. that was a good achievement. Yeah, that's a that's a big win for sure. Awesome, man. Well, this this was super interesting. Thank you so much for for sharing all these this insights. Really, yeah, really impressed with your model. You you said you were at how many like thirty two. Right 32 now? right now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And we yeah. have, we have another, we have another six that we're working on right now. Yeah. yeah. What are your goals for like the next couple of, couple of years? Yeah. Yeah. So we, our goal would be to grow it to a hundred units by the end of 2023. Uh, so we have, you know, another 65 units or so that we're hoping to do as we get through the next, we've done up to 50 at this point. But as we've, you know, changed the business and done some things, investors have sold off and, you know, whatever else, but we've, we've done quite a few. And so we know with bringing on extra help and extra infrastructure, which we've learned through Legends X and are grateful for you guys, you and Eric, and just helping us get our head around how do we get to the next plateau? How do we get to where we are looking to go? And so that's that's kind of the goal. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. And well, it sounds like you're going to be a legend soon. So <laughs> I might see you in the mastermind at some point. That'd be great. Awesome, Jason. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate your time. And to the listeners, yeah. thank you for listening. I hope this, this was helpful for, for all you guys out there. And we'll be back on Friday with another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. So we'll see you then. Thank you so much for listening to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. We really hope you enjoyed the show. And if you want to learn more about hosting on Airbnb and building a short-term rental business, then go ahead and subscribe to our daily email newsletter at getpaidforyourpad.com. And if you're just starting out on Airbnb, make sure to download our free Airbnb starter guide at getpaidforyourpad.com forward slash get started if you enjoy this podcast make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and please leave us a review on apple podcast for a chance to win lifetime access to the short-term rental profit academy our starter course for anybody who wants to start an airbnb business every month we select one random reviewer and give that person access to the course Um, So if you want to have a chance to win access to the course, uh, please leave us a review and then uh, you might uh, join our program pretty soon. So thank you for listening. Check back every Monday for a new episode of The Host Show and every Friday for an episode of SDR Conversations of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast. Get paid for your pet, get paid.